Hallelujah. All right. So we're continuing on with this series uh, on, on Ruach Kapodesh, that is the Holy Spirit. All uh, started out from the experiment lesson, uh, where the question was asked, do you need the Holy Spirit to be holy? That was the question. The answer was an emphatic, no, you don't. You do not need the Holy Spirit in order to be holy. You know, and so we got into, you know, why you don't and the role of the Ruach And So today we're going to get into, um, we're going to pretty much do a, a recap, you know, um, summarize everything that we've learned up to this point, And we're going to speak about the uh, Holy Ghost fire. Someone brought up. The, uh, the subject of Holy Ghost fire. So we're going to get into that today um, as well. So what have we learned concerning Ruach HaKodesh so far? So Yahuwah, we learned Yahuwah Elohim is the father of all spirits. This, um, we taught this in Hebrews 12, 9, that Yahweh Elohim is the father of all spirits, therefore he is over both good and evil spirits. Amen. He's over both good and evil spirits. So just because one sees or receives a spirit from Elohim in scripture doesn't mean it's the Holy Spirit of Elohim. Or even a Holy Spirit of Elohim for that matter. Yes, there is a difference between the Holy Spirit and a Holy Spirit of Elohim, you know? And a lot of times people just see Spirit of Elohim and they just lump them all together. But no, there is a difference between the Holy Spirit of Elohim and a Holy Spirit of Elohim. Hence, we see in scripture, saints being depicted as having a Holy Spirit, while other saints are depicted as having the Holy Spirit, as well as the wicked as having evil spirits. Yet all sent, of Yahuwah Elohim, thereby proving that just because he sends a spirit to someone doesn't mean he sent them his Ruach HaKodesh, which is the Holy Spirit, with the definite article, the Holy Spirit. You know, there is only one Ruach HaKodesh. There is only one, the Holy Spirit. There's many other spirits, but there's only one Ruach HaKodesh, only one the Holy Spirit, a.k.a. the the Comforter, which is the Spirit of Truth, you know, which we were told by Yahshua that if he was crucified and sent up to the Father, that he would send him down, you know, so that that, that his people could have a Comforter. And he, at at that time, he also taught that he would even be the Ruach of truth, the spirit of truth. This is why neither term, the comforter or the spirit of truth, is mentioned anywhere else in scripture outside of the Brick Kadashah. For Ruach HaKodesh, that is the Holy Spirit, wasn't sent to the Father until after Yahushua's crucifixion. Thereby proving that one does not need Ruach HaKodesh to become holy. But they do need him to become holier. 
in the holiest. And yes, everyone that is holy don't have the same measure of holiness. You can have those which are holy, but then you can have those which are holier. And then you can have those who are the holiest of them all. Amen? And, and we see a beautiful example of this, you know, in the way that Yah set up Israel. All of Israel were a holy people. Were they not? Scripture uh, speaks to them. But the Levites were holier than the house of Israel or all of uh, the rest of Israel. Hence, they were taken out of Israel as a whole, separated, i.e. set apart, which means holy. They were set apart from the rest of Israel. Can't you see that they were made holier than the rest of Israel? And then out of those Levites was set apart a particular family of Levites to be even holier than the Levites. And these were the priests. And they were the holiest of them all. They were the holiest of all of Israel. You know, so they were the holiest of all of Israel, the priests, but then the Levites was holier than the rest of Israel, and Israel was holy, and the rest of the world was not. Amen? You know, and so this is what it speaks to when it speaks about, you know, Yah's chosen people. It's speaking about his holy people, those whom he has set apart. You know, so uh, please understand, you know, there are different levels of holiness, you know, and even as there are different spirits. So the Ruach HaKodesh is the Holy Spirit. He's the holiest spirit of them all. Amen. He's also known as the Comforter, and he is the spirit of truth. There's only one. Now, there's many other spirits, wonderful, beautiful spirits, you know, that are set apart. But there's only one, the Holy Spirit. You know, now that said, the Holy Spirit has many nicknames found throughout the Brick Shop. He's referred to as the Holy Ghost, Comforter, Spirit of Truth, the Spirit of Promise, the Ruach. The gift of Elohim, the gift of the Holy Ghost, the promise of, of, of my Father, the promise of the Father, and simply the Spirit of the Father due to his being sent of the Father at Yahushua's request. And it's probably, um, a, you know, one or two I missed, you know. But he has nicknames, you know. Uh, and so also consider from whence he came. He was sent of the Father at Yahushua's request. Amen? You know, so, you know, uh, any other Holy Spirit that came from anywhere else is not the Holy Spirit. You know, not the Comforter, the Spirit of Truth. You know, and so, 
that was um, an essential thing that 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 we learned, you know, starting out on this uh, uh, to answer the question, you know, because knowing that there is only one Holy Spirit and that he didn't come until after Yahshua was crucified, we it answered our question, can you be holy without having the Holy Spirit? And of course you can't, because to say that you can't would mean everybody that came before Yahshua wasn't holy. And we know that that's not true because scripture teaches that they were holy. Amen? All right. Now, we need Ruach HaKodesh for a host of reasons. Too many to name during this lesson, but we'll touch on enough that you might see that Ruach HaKodesh is essential. You definitely need Ruach You definitely need the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the spirit of truth, you need him for salvation. Amen. You know, so some of the um uh, reasons we need him even to please Elohim. We need him to be born again as sons of Elohim and to become a part of the many member body of Yahushua. And for Yahushua and the Father to dwell within us, we need him. That the Father might resurrect us unto eternal life, we need him, even as he did Yahushua. You know, so in order for us to be resurrected, you know, um, as Yahushua was, we need the Holy Spirit, you know, and uh, Romans 8, you know, speak to many of these points. So let's consider Romans 8, 8 through uh, 11 and then verses 13 and 14, you know, um, comment, my first reader read Romans 8 through 11. Let's just do 8 through 11 first, then we'll jump down so then, they that are in the flesh cannot please Elohim. For ye are not in the flesh, but in the Ruach. If so be that the Ruach of Elohim dwell in you. Now if any, any man have not the Ruach of Messiah, he is none of his. And if Messiah be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Ruach is life because of righteousness. But if the Ruach of him that raised up Yahushua from the dead dwell in you, that he, he that raised up Messiah from the dead shall also quicken your Moral bodies by the Ruach that dwelleth in you. Hallelujah. Thank you. You know, so it says, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please Elohim. So if you're in the flesh, you can't please Elohim. You know, but, you know, Apostle Paul says, ye are not in the flesh, but in the Ruach. If, if, so be that the Ruach of Elohim dwelleth in you. Now, if the Ruach of Elohim doesn't dwell in you, then you're still in the flesh. Right? Anybody with me? Right. says, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the Ruach, if so be the Ruach of Elohim dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Ruach of Messiah, he is none of his. So we see that the Ruach is needed for us to be a part of Messiah. You know, uh, verse 10 told us the Ruach is life because of righteousness. You know, and so what we're being told here is, you know, the Ruach becomes life in us because of righteousness. So if we don't have righteousness, then we won't have life. You know, can you see that? Because the Ruach is life because of righteousness. So you need that righteousness in order to have life in the Ruach. 
and the Ruach is not going to stay with you if you don't have righteousness. You know, verse 11 said, uh, told us that it's the Ruach that will quicken your mortal bodies that dwelleth in us. You know, so if you don't have the Ruach in us, then if we don't have the Ruach that's in us, then he won't quicken our mortal bodies. We will not be resurrected. Can you see that? You know, so take note that uh, verse 10 teaches that Ruach HaKodesh is life because of righteousness. Meaning if ye have Ruach HaKodesh, ye will live righteously. You know, and that's important because if you, that's important to know because if you have Ruach HaKodesh, then he will lead you to live righteously. You know, and if we just drop down to verses 13 and 14, you know, we see uh, um, Paul speaks to this, you know, um, within those passages, within those two verses. Let me have my next reader read Romans 8, 13 and 14, please. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye live through the Ruach, but if ye through the Ruach do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Ruach of Elohim, they are the sons of Elohim. Hallelujah. Okay. If we if you live after the flesh, you shall die. The only way you can live after the flesh is if you don't have Ruach. You know, um, and this is what he was, uh, Apostle Paul was alluding to in verse 8. He says, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please Elohim. And, you know, he says, we're not in the flesh because we have a Ruach. So if we have a Ruach, we're not in the flesh, right? You know, um, and if we're not in the flesh, we don't have to live after the flesh. We can still choose to live after the flesh. But we don't have to. Anybody still with me? And if you choose to live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if you have Ruach you have a choice. You don't have to live after the flesh. You can choose to live righteously. Amen? And if you do choose to live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Ruach, do mortify the deeds of the body, i.e. live righteously, ye shall live. So if ye through the Ruach do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Ruach of Elohim, they are the sons of Elohim. So what we're being told is that if we're led by the Ruach of Elohim, then we will mortify the deeds of our body. And if we mortify the deeds of our body, then we will be living righteously. And if we live righteously, then the Ruach is life unto us. Can you see that? That's not too hard to follow along with, is it? You know, so I pray that everybody can see that because there's there's a very deleterious doctrine that go, that's going around and saying that, you know, Yahshua did it all and, you know, uh, because because he did it, we don't have to do anything. All we have to do is just is just receive, you know, this free gift, you know, um, and you know we're made righteous in him, you know, and that is a doctrine that's going to lead many, many, many people to hate, you know, because you are not going to be righteous unless you do righteousness. That's the only way you're going to become righteous. You have to do what's right. 
you're not going to be righteous just because Yahshua was righteous. Yahshua didn't come to do it all so that you don't have to. Yahshua came to do it all so that you would know how to. He came to be the example unto us that we supposed to follow. Hence, he tells us to pick up our torture stake and follow him. If we just look at him on the torture stake and say, thank you, y'all, for doing all that for us and don't follow after him, then ye will die. Say lie. So you see, we also need Ruach HaKodesh to even mortify the deeds of the body. Hence, some would be sick, struggle with fleshly issues, but instead of seeking first the kingdom of Elohim and his righteousness, as Yahushua instructed us to do, they use, uselessly try to do it on their own. And you see many people trying to do this on their own, you know, instead of seeking Yah's kingdom and his righteousness. Because if you seek his kingdom and his righteousness, it will set you apart. It will cause you to become holy and open the door for the Holy Spirit to come into your life. Additionally, Ruach HaKodesh is needed by those who wish to become true worshipers of Yahweh Elohim. You can't even be a true worshiper of Elohim without Ruach HaKodesh. Yochanan 4, 23 and 24. My next reader, please. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. Elohim is a ruach now. Elohim is a ruach and now. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Hallelujah. You know, so here it is. Yahshua is teaching. He says, when the true worshipers, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. He says, they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Can you not see that he's talking about the spirit of truth? The comforter, Ruach HaKodesh. Because if you have him, you have the spirit and you have the truth. Amen? Because he's the spirit of truth. Anybody with me? So I, I pray that you can see that. And, you know, we even need Ruach HaKodesh to help our infirmities, to even pray within Yah's will. For no man knows Yah, Yahuwah's will, but his Ruach of truth. He does, and he will assist us. Hence, we read in Romans 8, 26 and 27, it says, Likewise, the Ruach also help our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray, for as we are. But the uh, Ruach itself make of intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is in the mind of the Ruach, because he make of intercession for the saints according to the will of Elohim. So you see, he even helps us to pray and praise on our behalf, intercedes for us. Amen? You know, so that is pretty, pretty good there. We want to have Ruach. It's essential we have Ruach HaKodesh. Not any Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit. That is the Comforter, the Spirit of Truth. Amen? Now, we learned that Ruach HaKodesh is promised to all of Israel as well as the Gentiles. 
No one has been left out. Additionally, we learned that just because you believe the gospel and are baptized doesn't mean that you automatically have Ruach HaKodesh legal opinion. And that you may need to pray for them uh, to be sent. You may need to pray for them to be sent unto you or have someone lay hands upon you. Pray for you and lay hands upon you. You know, now concerning those that do have Ruach residing within them, these are those who do have Ruach HaKodesh. They're not necessarily capable of doing any and all of what the next person that has Ruach HaKodesh can, can do. For Ruach HaKodesh deals with each believer differently, even by measure. You know, we, we learned this, you know, everybody can't do the same thing. We've seen examples of this in scripture. Amen. You know, where some apostles was able to do something, other apostles was able to, to do those and even more. Amen. You know, for instance, Ruach HaKodesh reserves certain gifts exclusively for the ecclesia, that is, um, the church, even his fivefold ministry, whose job it is to edify the body of Messiah. You know, and that just because someone doesn't have a particular gift doesn't mean they don't have Ruach HaKodesh and vice versa. So just because you don't have the gift of prophecy or the gift of tongues or the gift of interpretation of tongues, doesn't mean that you don't have Ruach HaKodesh, you know, and, you know, and that's, that's important, important to note as well, because some people teach that if you don't have certain gifts, you don't, you don't have Ruach HaKodesh, and that's just simply not true, and it's not scriptural, you know, and just because you do have particular gifts, say you do have a gift of prophecy, you do have a gift of tongues. You do have a gift of uh, interpretation of tongues or, you know, uh, any other other gifts. Does not mean you have the Ruach HaKodesh. And I know that one comes as a shocker to folks. You know, but just because you have some or even all of the gifts of Ruach HaKodesh doesn't mean you have Ruach HaKodesh means that you had Ruach HaKodesh, you know? Uh, but we also learned that a large part of Ruach HaKodesh's ministry is to reprove the world, including us, when we become worldly. That is when we've made ourselves the very enemies of Elohim. And so we, we learned that not only, you know, that we could grieve the Ruach HaKodesh, we could despite the Ruach HaKodesh, and we could even quench, that is, extinguish the Ruach HaKodesh from our lives. And if we had all the gifts of the, all nine gifts of the Ruach HaKodesh and we quenched the Ruach HaKodesh, he would leave. But he would leave the gifts with us. The calling that was on our lives will still exist. Nevertheless, we will be operating without Ruach HaKodesh. We'll be operating on our own. You know, and there's many people who are doing just that. And Yahshua knew this was going to happen. Hence, he says, in that day, many will come unto me saying, Lord, Lord, did I not cast out devils in your name and do many wonderful works in your name? And he, he would say, go away, for I never knew you. Right? Ye workers of iniquity. You know, yeah, I can't leave that out. He calls them workers of iniquity because they were not doing his commandments. 
And that word iniquity means, you know, to uh, to be lawless. You know, so whenever you are lawless, whenever you are not doing his commandments, you know, you're going to grieve the Ruach HaKodesh. And you can also, despite the Ruach HaKodesh, that is insult him, and you can even quench the Ruach HaKodesh and cause him to leave from your life. You know, and, but the gifts and the callings are given without repentance. And so even though you once had them and you received a call in your life and you received these gifts, you know, in order to, to operate in this kingdom, if you quench the Ruach HaKodesh from your life, even though you have these callings, you still are not going to make it. You become a tear amongst the wheat. Say la. Now we learned that, we learned how we can determine if we ourselves or anyone else has Ruach HaKodesh, and that is by the fruit of Ruach HaKodesh. It's from the fruit of the Spirit that we can determine whether or not we have Ruach HaKodesh. You know, we need to look for those fruits, the, the love, the joy, the peace, the long-suffering, the goodness, the meekness, the temperance, the faith, you know, these type of things uh, are the type of things that we want to have in our lives, you know, that show that we have Ruach HaKodesh. Now, it was also shown ye, that even if one has received a call from Elohim and received Ruach HaKodesh along with gifting to perform their call, that they still have a choice as to whether or not they want to continue to comply. And they can opt out at any time. And that's what I was just speaking to. You know, uh, you can, you can uh, inadvertently quench the Ruach HaKodesh or you can intentionally quench it. You know, you don't have to answer the call because a call is on your life you know you can still choose not to i wouldn't advise you do so but you still have a choice you know and you you can still choose to do wrong I, again i wouldn't advise that anyone would do such a foolish thing but the choice is there it can happen and it was likewise shown that one could, um, you know, hence, you know, one could grieve despite and even quench the Ruach HaKodesh. Hebrews 10, 29, you know, speaks about you know, despiting Ruach, the Ruach of grace. It says, of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall be thought worthy, who have trodden underfoot the son of Elohim and have counted the blood of the covenant where he was sanctified an unholy thing and have done despite unto the Ruach of grace. You know, this word despite means to insult him. And I know many of you, I never, but it happens every day. I assure you, it happens every day. We also learned that even if one did manage to quench Ruach HaKodesh, that didn't mean they'd lose their call and gifting. I kind of got ahead of myself. In fact, um, this is probably the main way the tares get sown amongst the wheat. Say lot. Lastly, we learned how ye can receive Ruach HaKodesh, i.e. via repentance and baptism. And if needed, prayer or prayer with laying on of hands. Now we went into what true repentance was. You know, we talked about how um, it was to think differently, even to think in light of Yahushua. 
uh, that is to think in light of his commandments, words, and sayings, whereas prayer and prayer with laying on of hands are self-explanatory. Now, when it came to baptism, on the other hand, it isn't so, so um, it isn't self-explanatory, you know, per se. So we touched on it as well, showing how Apollos and his 11 brethren um, hadn't received Ruach HaKodesh with only Yochanan, um, the immersive's baptism of repentance. You know, that's all they had was Yochanan, the immersive's or John the Baptist baptism of repentance. And they didn't receive Ruach HaKodesh. And the reason why is because it was in the light of Torah, you know, and only made them holy. But to receive the comforter, that is the Ruach of truth, they had become holier. They would have to become holier. You know, Torah makes you holy. You know, but in order to receive the comforter, the spirit of truth, the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, one must become holier. And that can only be done via Yahushua, which is why we must be baptized into his name. You know, uh, let me have my next reading, read Acts 19, 3 through 7. And he said unto them, unto what then were you baptized? And they said, unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John truly, verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him. That is on Messiah When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of Yeshua. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, Ruach HaKodesh came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. And all the men were about 12. Hallelujah. Okay, so here it is. We see um, Apollos and his brother had to be baptized in the name of the Adonai Yahushua. Now that's important. Um, you know, now, because someone asked about Holy Ghost fire, we must go a bit deeper into this concept. Otherwise, one will fail to understand the Holy Ghost fire and how, how it comes about. Now, that said, Take note that this is the exact same recipe that Apostle Peter gave that one might receive Ruach HaKodesh. In Acts 2, 38 and 39, it says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Yahushua Mashiach for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of Ruach HaKodesh. For the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Adonai Elohim shall call. Amen? Now, can you see that the recipe calls not only for baptism alone, but baptism in the name of Yahushua? Now, this word baptism is baptizo. Baptism or baptizo in the Greek, number 907, speaks to being fully immersed. But fully immersed into what? The water? Yes but also fully immersed into the name of Yahushua. Hence it says that we have to be baptized in the name of Yahushua, Mashiach. And take note that it's also for the remission of sins. You know, 
Now, uh, here it is. We're being told that we have to be fully immersed in the name of Yahushua, which in turn speaks to being fully immersed into the character, authority, and reputation of Yahushua. But this is what a name entails to the scripturally minded. Or, you know, when we look in scripture, this is what a name entails. A name entails, you know, during biblical time, it spoke to the character, authority, and reputation of a person. You know, and in large part, it's still do now today. You know, but I want to bring this point out because we're specifically being told that we have to be baptized in the name of Yahushua. So we have to be baptized into his character, authority, and reputation. You know, and so um, when one is in a state of mind where they're willing to do this, they're in a position to receive Ruach HaKodesh. You know, so this is where we want to get to. We want to get to where we're fully immersed in the character, character, authority, and reputation of Yahushua. You know, and then, and only then, will you be made available to receive the baptism of fire. Now, Matthew Yahoo 3.11 and Luke 3.16 speaks about this baptism of fire. Can I have our next reader read, read Matthew uh, 3.11 and Luke 3.16, please? I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I. Whose shoes I am not worthy to bear, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. John answered, saying unto them all, I need baptized. I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I cometh, the latches of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Okay, now we have two witnesses here, right? You know, um, two witnesses of what Yochanan and Mercer was, was preaching and teaching when he was on the earth, saying that he baptizes but there was one coming after him whom we now know that was Yahushua Hamashiach, right? And he says, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Amen? And so this is where uh-oh, clicker. Oh, there it is. I don't know why it took so long. Okay. So this is the baptism of fire. This baptism of fire is what folks speak to as the Holy Ghost fire. You know, uh, baptism of fire, i.e. the baptism of the Holy Ghost fire, simply put, is summed up in the following passage. Let me have my next reader read First Peter chapter 4, verses 12 through 16, please. Beloved, beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Messiah's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. 
Then ye be reproached for the name of Messiah. Happy are ye, for the Ruach of glory and of Elohim rested upon you. On their part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a messianic, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify Elohim on this matter. Hallelujah. Okay, so this speaks to the baptism of fire in a nutshell. You know, Kingston says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. This fiery trial is the baptism of fire. You know, and this is what, you know, I want you to understand that this Holy Ghost fire is the fiery trials that one endure from walking in Yah's will's way and purposes from specifically from walking in Yahshua's commandments, words, and sayings, you know, and so this is why Kepa says, you know, think it not a strange thing, because if you continue to do so, this fiery trial is going to come upon you, you know, to try you, and don't think that it's something out of the ordinary, no, don't think that it's strange, you know, this is the baptism of fire, but rejoice in as much as ye are partakers of Mashiach's sufferings, you know, and this is what Yahshua was talking about when he was saying, you know, rejoice, be exceedingly glad, you know, when you're persecuted for my name's sake. Remember him saying that? You know, and, you know, hence Kiva says, if ye be reproached for the name of Mashiach, happy are ye. For the Ruach of glory and Elohim resteth upon you. You know, now he does get an admonition in verse 15 that you're not to suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matters. Now, you know, no matter how bad things get, you know, and this is, this is where a lot of people in the last days are going to fall short. No matter how bad things get, you know, Yah has told us to be wise as the serpent, yet gentle as a dove. So no matter how, how bad things get, don't suffer because you don't murder somebody. Because you're supposed to be gentle. That's one of the fruit of the spirit, right? If you have the spirit, you're going to be gentle and kind. Murder is not gentle and kind, right? You know, or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody, and other men's mind. These, these are the things that the wicked does. Can you see that? These are the things that the wicked do. If you do wickedness, you know, then, and you suffer for it, you just reaping what you sow. If you sticking your hand in somebody else's cookie jar and they cut it off, then you just got what you deserve. You reach in there and pull back a nub, you can't be mad. There's no, there, there, there's no righteousness in that. You just simply, you know, got disciplined for doing wrong. But if you suffer, 
simply for following Yahshua. Just for just because you are messianic, just because you following Messiah. If you suffer for that reason, don't be ashamed. But glorify Elohim on his behalf. You understand? And so if anyone truly remain in Yahshua's name long enough, they too will receive a baptism of fire. They will receive this Holy Ghost fire. But this is the natural byproduct of Yahushua's fiery law, which actually includes the Torah of Moshe. You know, but it extends beyond it. You know, in Deuteronomy 32, I'm sorry, Deuteronomy 33, verse 2, Moshe is blessing Israel. And it says, and he said, Yahuwah came from Sinai and arose from Seir unto them. He shined forth from Mount Paran, and he came from the ten thousands of holy ones. And his right hand was a fiery law for them. We know who the right hand of Elohim is, right? That's our Messiah, Yahshua, is it not? You know, and at his right hand was a fiery law. And that fiery law will bring about a baptism of fire. Amen? Uh, I know you don't believe me, so I'm going to show you the Holy Ghost fire, you know, in the Old Testament. What, what scripture was that, sir? That was Deut um, Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 2. And so now we're going to take some examples of some folks that was baptized in Holy Ghost fire. Amen? Amen. So here's our example. Daniel chapter 3, verses 14 through 20. It says, Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that ye serve that, um, I'm sorry, is it true, he said unto them, is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now, if ye be ready, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye shall fall down and worship the image which I have made. Well, but if ye worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is that Elohim that shall deliver you out of my hands? Hello, somebody. You know, now, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, and I just, I love this passage, you know, said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our Elohim, whom we shall serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery. If it be, if it be so, our Elohim, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and He will deliver us out of thine hand, O King. But if not, even if He don't, be it known unto thee, O King that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. 
Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace uh, one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Make sure they don't get loose. And cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Now, I want you to see, you know, spiritually speaking, he had a, he had a bound seven times, physically speaking. But spiritually speaking, this teaches us that they was bound with hope. You know, he heated the furnace up seven times more, but that was a holy fire that they were sent into because they were standing on Yah's holy words. And they was going into that fire because of the fiery law that was given unto them from their Elohim, who is a consuming fire. This is a fire baptism that we're looking at here. And just as this is depicted, we're told that in the last days that another king will rise. And another king will sit on the throne. And another king will likewise say, bow down and worship my image. But how many Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's will there be in that day? How many of them will be willing to go into that fiery furnace? How many of them will be there to accept that Holy Ghost fire? We know how the story go. They threw them in there. And the next thing you know, instead of three bodies in there, they seen four. Walking around like what nothing happened like that fire wasn't even hot they weren't burnt they weren't singed they felt no heat because yahshua was with and if we ever go through the holy ghost fire we can expect the same amen all right that's an old testament example but we're going to give you a New Testament example, too, because Scripture says that every matter be established by two to three witnesses, right? So we have another witness. It's found in 2 Corinthians. It's chapter 11, verses 22 through 29, and it speaks to my main man, Apostle Paul. You know, now he's been a bit facetious in this, in this passage, you know, so bear with him. He says, are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Mashiach? I speak as a fool. I am more. See, I'm more of a minister of Mashiach. In labors, more abundant. In stripes, above measure. In prisons, more frequent. In deaths, all. Of the Yahudim, five times received thy 40 stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in a deep. 
in journeyings off in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils amongst folks' breath, in weariness, in painfulness, and watchings often, in hunger and thirst, and fastings, often in cold and nakedness, besides those things that are without that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. Who is weak? Am, am I? Am I am? Who, who is weak? And I am not weak. I'm just as weak as everybody else. That's what he's saying. He said, "Who is weak? You saying y'all weak? I'm strong. No, I'm weak as everybody else. Who is offended? And I burn not." He burned because he is offended. He is offensive to everyone in the world. And he was even offensive to those false brethren who was coming up against him, whereby he had to even write this letter. That he even had to say these things. And can't you see that it's because of those offenses he burns? This is his Holy Ghost fire. The persecutions that one go through for righteousness sake is Holy Ghost fire. I pray that everyone now understands what it means to have Holy Ghost fire. Probably not what most had in mind. Nevertheless, we'd be most blessed to receive this baptism. We'd be most blessed to receive this baptism for only those which are the holiest of all will receive it. And we can only pray that we're deemed worthy of such an honor. That's all I have for you. Pray with a blessing.